Greetings and welcome. My name's Alex and this is episode one of To Have and Download, the wedding photography and videography podcast where I am joined each episode by a fellow professional from the industry for a laid back chat about all things wedding photography and film. And if you're interested, there is also the video version of the podcast available where you can see the photographs and films we are talking about on the show. The video version can be easily viewed on your computer, smart device and phone over on Spotify and YouTube. But anyway, I hope you enjoy episode one of To Have and Download. super excited to introduce my very first guest to the show. He is a rangefinder rising star, winner of numerous other international awards and accolades, founder of This Is Reportage and This Is Reportage Family, a major shareholder in McDonald's, president of the <laughs> Dawson's Creek UK fan club, photographer, speaker, <laughs> educator and all-round lovely man, Mr. Alan Law. Good morning, dude. Oh man, hello. Thank you for having me on here. What an awesome intro. So cool. Oh man, I was up all night writing that one. <laughs> I wish I was a shareholder at McDonald's. That would be so good. That would be so good. Thank, no. you. Thank you for having me on that. Honor. Hey man, no, honestly, really, really appreciate it. Um, couldn't think of anyone better to come on as the first guest for the show. Um, really appreciate the time and really glad to get you in because I know you're sort of. You've got a busy few days coming up and then you're going away with the family, aren't you? And stuff like that. So I really yeah. appreciate you uh, sort of uh, giving me a couple of hours this morning for a, for a chat and a stuff. A couple of hours? Oh, I didn't know it was that long. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. There might be a few retakes. Um, but, uh, That's funny. No, thanks for having me. Man. It's awesome. It's awesome. Really cool. Cool man. So, how has uh, so we're we're what we're we're nearly at the end of January already, which is mental. How's how's the new year been? Have you been doing anything? Have you been working yet? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been nice. You know, I didn't want to come back to work after a lovely kind of Christmas and New Year, which was yeah, all really nice. But then, yeah, it's been busy coming back because the beginning of the year is um, quite busy with this reptiles, this reptiles family. You know, it's the the new awards and stuff and um, got a new sponsor for on Reportage for the collection there but yeah and then I've got my workshop I'm doing a workshop in London next uh, as you mentioned like next week mm -hmm. and and then going away for Centre Parks for the, the holiday uh, with the kids nice so, looking forward to that. Mm, yeah taking the kids out of school going to be naughty oh yeah, yeah of course have you ever done that no no my, my yeah. daughter starts school in September so we're uh, oh, okay, right. we're, we're planning our um, our last out of school holiday holiday this summer to make the most oh, of it yeah. before she uh, she enters into the system yeah i think that is so important you, to make the most of it well yeah yeah do you still get like fined for taking your kids yeah out? so we've yeah we took the kids out a couple of years ago to greece for a week and um yeah we got fined by the cornwall council it's like i can't remember how much it was it's like a hundred pounds per kid per parent or something so so it's quite a lot. If you took two kids out, it's like 400 quid. So we're just going to say they're poorly this time. So I'm not going to, yeah. you know. Yeah. I just don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I, I remember as a kid, I went out for like three week holiday during term time. It had no effect on me, you know. They, you know, I just don't agree with it. So No, yeah. it is, it's, like, it's, it's all a bit money making if you ask me. But um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, so 
anything other sort of exciting sort of over the coming months you're sort of looking forward to have you got a a first Um, wedding of the year coming up so my first wedding is actually next week this saturday coming so okay yeah this is one that has been postponed twice i think so it's in london um it's like 50 guests the groom had actually started following my work so we skyped them the other night and then apparently started following my work back in 2014 so before oh, he even wow. met his like fiance now i know how bizarre it's really bizarre um he saw a wedding that i photographed of his kind of ex-girlfriend i photographed her wedding and he followed me since then yeah so it's cool gonna be doing that saturday in london um yeah what about you when you when you shoot next uh, i think next next month i've got the first one oh, cool um it's quite early back then. yeah i think it's just a just a nice sort of small small micro wedding to kind of kick everything off um but uh i'm kind of at the moment i'm just i don't know about you but i'm just i'm all all sort of gearing up ready for uh dock day um in dublin oh, yes. next month so yeah i'm really looking forward to that really looking forward to it yeah. is it gonna be your first one did you... yes yeah so I, I couldn't completely miss the first one couldn't go last year but as soon as the the early bird tickets went up last year I sort of I bought on and um yeah really looking forward to that although I've got to go got to go down to Newport on Saturday to get a passport because mine has run out and I didn't realize and uh oh no I didn't know you could go to Newport is that why in South Wales Newport yeah 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 so I've got a nine o'clock appointment on Saturday to uh to get a fast track passport so never mind but yeah so good Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it you, is, you, it's you, so good. And you've got a workshop, haven't you, the day before in yes, Dublin as well? Yeah, yeah. So, depending That's when this good. goes out, there's a few places left. If there are three places yes, left yeah. in that one. <laughs> and, and if anyone's interested, where could they go to book on? <laughs> yep, so if they are interested, um, just go to alanlawphotography.co.uk and uh, there's a link there. There is another Alan Law. You know there's another Alan Law as a wedding photographer as well. So don't go, really? don't go to his yeah go to my side yeah. he his name is a double l a n i think um but we've oh, occasionally okay. had like couples inquire like meaning trying to inquire with the other one because he's based like the opposite for me as well as up in like aberdeen in north scotland so like we're in the opposite ends of the uk so yeah oh good so you've, you've not got any sort of like territory sort of clashes no no okay. we don't step on each other's toes no, no i've never fine. met him someone Someone um, messaged him the other day, sent him a voice message, I think, or spoke to him about this is reportage, something to do with this reportage, and they spoke to him for a little bit before, <laughs> before they realised it's the wrong one. Um, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Doc Day well, is so good though. If even if people are not interested in my workshop, do come to Doc Day. That is so good, and there's a few tickets left for that as well. So I, yes. just part, as this reportage. I partner with them, but it's it's not mine at all. It's made and created by two of the Reportage members, Annie and Kevin Kavash, yeah. and it's just a brilliant event. So good. Yeah, really looking forward to it, really. And also, for someone that's been on your workshop as well, highly recommend it. Anyone that's interested in doing workshops, I think um, even, even the seasoned professional, um, you know, investing in workshops and education and stuff like that because you can always learn something and be inspired by other photographers no matter what level you're at um so i highly recommend going on alan's uh, workshop if you're um going to dock day and 
you know you may as well make make a double header of it and and get both and um yeah really 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 recommend it um Oh, so thank you. I'm not paying too much money to say that. No, so, no, no. But no, honestly, I say genuinely enjoyed it. It was it was Birmingham last year. I think I went um, was, to the workshop. Yeah. And, yeah, that was cool meeting you then. And then the day after, yeah. when I walked to the train station, I went over on my ankle on a cobblestone. Totally <laughs> did my tendons on my ankle, and then I had a wedding to shoot like four days later. Oh, it's the worst timing. But yeah, anyway. And it's one of those annoying injuries as well, where it's just like you're more angry at yourself for doing just, just falling over. Um, yeah. Oh man, I've done it numerous times in my life. I think I've got weak weaknesses there now as well. I did it once in a mosh pit at a gig. Oh, that's that was so bad. Oh, oh nice. Who was that? Uh, uh, that was, was Hall Chamber. Yeah. Nice dude. Bit of new metal. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Human Waste Project was supporting them. I loved Human Waste Project at the time. But yeah, and another time that I've done my ankle is ridiculously, I was doing pull-ups on a tree branch and the tree branch broke and I fell and went over on my ankle. That was another time. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ridiculous. Um, so speaking of This Is Repertage, obviously last month was the amazing TIR Christmas party down in London oh, on the boat, which I had the pleasure of going to, which was amazing. Um, oh. Did you have a good time? I, th- I I mean, from the photos, I think everyone had a good time. But, um, yeah, were you happy with the turnout and uh, everything? Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, thank you for coming. Man. It was nice seeing you there as well and uh, meeting my wife as well. And, yeah, it was so good. I, I loved it. The turnout was great because we had... You know, I think the reportage party is cursed. So like, you know, we've had, like, last year was, like, Omicron, like, just a few days beforehand. Um, like, the year before that, there was, like, um, a horrible London Bridge thing just a couple of days before. But this year, we had all that snow, didn't we? Yeah. It was awful. All that snow and the rail strikes as well. Um, but, yes, so I was just really chuffed that loads of people came, people even from abroad. Those two Dutch women whose um, their plane was cancelled on the morning, but they got the train over instead from Holland. You know, that is dedication. Yeah, it's mad. But the only thing is that I won't have a party on a boat again, because did you feel it move? Yeah, there were a couple of times. I don't know if, like, another boat went past or something, but, like, there were some real sort of moments of... Uh... Yeah, spilling drinks and... But, you oh, know... Making, every it, time it was... I noticed it. <laughs> it just made me feel nauseous every time I noticed it, man. Every time. At the, at the beginning, when we got there, I didn't know if I was going to last, you know. Because I'm a lightweight yeah. drinking-wise as well. So with, with drinking and that movement of the boat, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do this. But then I loved it and obviously stayed to the end and it was ace. Yeah, I loved it. No, it I was... Great, everyone man. singing Don't Back in Anger as well at the end. That was so cool. yeah, yeah. No, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, I have to uh, compliment you on your hosting skills as well, because, um, like, I think there seems to be quite a common thing with sort of documentary wedding photographers that deep down are actually quite introverted and actually struggle mm. with big groups and stuff, but we put ourselves in these situations anyway. Um, so, like, a lot of the people, like, first-time I was meeting them, so I was very much on the edge of the, the, I guess, the social circle for the first sort of hour and stuff, but you were there sort of like introducing me to people, getting me involved and kind of, uh, yeah, it was... 
made a lot oh, of difference you, to me sort of getting involved in the party so i have to compliment you on your hosting skills there as well um, well thank you i really appreciate that i really appreciate that i think it's i think it's awesome you coming you know like that bright loads of people coming you know who've never been before and stuff and maybe didn't know loads of people so it's awesome that you do that and i mega appreciate it so yeah oh, thank no, you it's so, awesome um but going back you're, to you're, this is repertage um, I was say, you'll know quite a few more people at Doc Day, though, now as well. So that'd be fun. Yeah, and that's that's kind of part of the reason for um, sort of, you know, I'm wanting to go to the party, A, because it was the first opportunity to go to the Christmas party. So it'd be great to meet everyone. But it also, it was a nice way, like you say, to break the ice, ready for Doc Day, because that's going to be sort of three, four days. Um, mm-hmm. So at least then you're kind of, you're already over that initial sort of, meeting yeah. people sort of thing um yeah but yeah but going, going back deal. to this is repertage what tell me more about i guess so it's was it 2018 it started yeah it was, it was that was when it properly had its first year so it launched in like november 2017 um but yeah 2018 was the first full year and yeah i mean i made it because um the biggest thing, you know, I've always had the, my passion in terms of wedding photography and photography in general is a documentary side of what we do. You know, it always has been right from the beginning. Um, and I just wanted also at that kind of time, and it's still to quite a degree now, you know, Instagram is just full of portraits, you know, and I just think that is not what weddings are about. I wanted to do something to help push back against that a bit, you know, and say, look, weddings are not about this people standing in a field or with um, standing in the rain with a big light behind them. You know, that's not what weddings are about. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I just thought I got a passion for this. I thought it could could be fun as well. And so, yeah, launched it back then. And just amazed, at, you know, very lucky touch at that people enjoyed joining. And it's, you know, it, it's totally surpassed what I thought would happen from it. So, yeah, it's really cool. And also, I think it's... It's definitely it's more than just like um, an awards body, like the community that's been built through TIR and TIR family is it's it's so obvious when you go to like the Christmas party and uh, you connect with TIR members on Facebook and Instagram and how supportive everyone is and I think yeah there's there's a real community that's been built and I think it's really um, really important for any sort of photographer that's starting that's kind of possibly thinking about joining but is a bit sort of apprehensive about the whole award section um and you know might not feel that they're kind of at at the level that they want to be kind of entering the awards it's they would get so much more just out of the community side of it so is that something you sort of envisioned when you set it up or has that become more of a kind of a uh, an organic thing that's grown alongside the awards i do think yeah thank you for that i do think it's more the latter i do think it has been an organic side it's come about from the lovely people who have joined you know there's such really nice people who have joined and made it a really safe place as well for people to you know ask questions and like the Facebook group, for example, is I always thought it was really important not to be a place where, you know, a lot of Facebook groups can be just people posting their photos up, you know, mm. almost kind of, you know, saying how good am I, look at this great shot. And I just didn't, didn't see the point of that. So I never wanted it to be like that. 
and yeah, it's lovely seeing comments about the community of it and, and seeing like when an award comes out, like other members will be congratulating other members and things. And I think that's really cool. Um, and early on in this reportage, you know, we did lots of articles um, where people would explain how they captured their images. And I thought that mm -hmm. was really cool because it's not people guarding their secrets or anything, you know, it's, it's people opening up and sharing their expertise. Um, and then I think the podcast has been a really cool thing for it because it's just showing the human side behind everyone, you know, just, yeah, yeah. That we're all just very normal people with lots of anxieties, like one me especially and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, so I think that's been really cool. And, and as you say, the physical meetups have been very important because as you know, you know, it could be such a kind of lonely industry really in, in a, editing cave so it's lovely to have those meetups actually meet each other in real life it's uh, really cool yeah absolutely yeah i mean the christmas party i think um you know it was it was umming and ahhing about whether or not i was going to be able to make it but it was like yeah. you know that is literally probably one of the the only social events i've had last year because of how insular this can be mm. um regardless of all the weddings that we are involved with, even though they're big social events, we're kind of, we're always still kind of viewers of it. So we never, totally. I, know, I know there are some wedding photographers who kind of get right in and get in the mix with it and uh, have as much a party as, uh, as the guests are doing. But um, yeah, I think for a lot of people, yeah, it can be quite sort of um, insular. And so having, having these sort of social events is, uh, it's great to just come and sort of let loose and uh, catch up with the totally with the friends and uh, what have you. Yeah. Um, so going I back totally to agree. your sort of photography journey, how far back was it where you kind of decided that you might be able to do this uh, do this gig? as a photographer was it something that you kind of always had a passion for or is it something that happened later on in life or um I think I had a passion from the age of like 14 15 um just taking photos of my friends probably I don't I don't my parents have probably never watched this but anyway because but but I, yeah I used to like take photos of them um my parents used to go away every weekend which was great as like 15 16 year old um, and I had a band then and my friends used to come over every weekend and that was our first taste of kind of like I don't know why I talk about this as well, it's just but it was like a first taste of like teenage drinking you know that's not too young is it like 15 16 you know that's the kind of age where you do experiment yeah, a little sure. bit um, and I, I kind of got cameras then to like photograph my friends being drunk because it was kind of quite funny um, I've never said that before I know kind of true um so from then i started just enjoying taking photos of friends um and but i never thought it would be something i do as a job you know i got into it years later when um you know i went to a few friends weddings and took photos at those friends weddings like lots of us you know not a very interesting story yeah but i realized i'm okay at this they didn't hate them and so i went for it Oh, and it was my wife who saw the pound signs in it, so she was like, "Oh, you've got to go for this." Um, so, yeah. When when you started out, was it kind of um, did you go down the sort of traditional sort of wedding photography route in terms of the the images that you were taking, or did you sort of immediately sort of go straight for the documentary style? 
I, yeah, that's a good question. And I did go straight for the documentary side because A, I didn't know how to pose people anyway. I thought I'd be awful at doing traditional wedding photography, you know. And B, I didn't want to do that as well. That scared me more and just wasn't interested in, even back then, I don't think it was arrogance, but I just didn't want to create stuff that is just everywhere. I just didn't, I just, I just didn't want to, you know. And I didn't do the second shooter route, so I, I've never, I didn't do any second shooting. I just kind of went for it. Um, my portfolio at the time was just a few photos that I'd taken at a few friends' weddings. I got that first wedding client. I didn't tell them I'd never shot a wedding before, but I, they didn't ask as well. If they'd asked me, I would have said, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, and I think sometimes you just got to go for things. Um, and, yeah, but... But obviously, I, I, well, hopefully, my photos have got better since those first few weddings. Um, I, looking back at them now, there's a lot of just, a lot of unnecessary tilt. I still tilt a little bit, but there's loads of tilt. A lot of just headshots, you know, kind of just, so not much happening. They're just like, I think I remember at the time thinking you should get really close with your frames, like not physically close, but the frames should be, you know, closely. So there's a lot of just headshots and stuff. And obviously, I think I've got better after that, but. Yeah, I just went for it. And I think that's I think a good thing to do, really. That's cool, man. Um, and were you inspired by any of the sort of wedding photographers at the time that were kind of doing that style? Was there any one in particular that kind of, I guess, introduced you to that style through their work? Yeah, so um, a couple of moments. I remember just being in like Sainsbury's looking at photography magazines and like Fur Caristi's work was on the cover of, mm -hmm. of some photography magazine. And that was like, whoa, wedding photography can be literally whatever you want because his stuff was just totally out there and brilliant. Um, and then another wedding where I went to, um, you know, early on in my career, I used to go and meet clients out at hotels and stuff where they were going to get married and stuff. And um, it was a potential wedding. And after the meeting, she sent me a link to another photographer's work saying, oh, can, can you do shots like this? And, and it was um, Ross Harvey's blog. And that was the okay. first time I'd ever seen Ross Harvey's work and I was like whoa I can't do that kind of stuff that's mental that's so good um but then yeah seeing his work and seeing how creative he was uh that was super cool and then a couple of years later I actually went on Fur Harvey's workshop and the model on that day because you know a lot of people at workshops have like models um, yeah 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 so the model at Fur's workshop was actually Ross Harvey and his girlfriend so I kind of like met them all on that same day it was uh really yeah I was really starstruck as well. I'm such a sad man, you know. I was really starstruck. I was like, whoa, <laughs> these are like my photography idols. It's like really, really weird. Yeah. Mm. Um, and was it, was sort of uh, wedding photography, was that um, your initial career path or were you working um, in sort of another role before that and transition? Yeah. So um, well, I did a few things before, like working in like computer retail and stuff. But then I started, I started, I did my own business. So I used to write and record songs for people as gifts. Oh, nice. It's called giversong.com. Yeah, I used to play <laughs> guitar and record them. And like they would say, you know, tell me how they met their girlfriend or whatnot. And I'd write the lyrics and create songs for them. So that was, that was a quite fun thing. But then just before doing wedding photography, I was doing, my day job was SEO. So, you know, nice. trying to get like, Argus high in Google for like toys and confused.com high for travel insurance and stuff. But it was really handy knowledge to have for starting my own wedding photography business as well. So, yeah. yeah. And was, was there a point during that where you, you kind of thought, I just, I just don't want to do this anymore. 
Oh, totally, man. Yeah, totally. I was getting, I was getting anxious um, about the day job and doing the weddings, realizing that I could get paid, you know, a decent amount of money for doing something that was a lot more creative and a lot more fun, and I could be my own boss and work on my own mm -hmm. terms. Um, yeah, so I kind of went for it. Once I got, I got a certain amount of weddings booked in for the following year, so I know I'd got some guaranteed income, and and then I quit the day job when my wife was about you know like six months pregnant with our first child so i don't think my uh, yeah, yeah. father-in-law was too impressed when i quit the day job but the worst that could have happened was that you know i failed and then i would have gone back to another job so again i think you've just got to do things you know go for yeah it. yeah did you did you quit with a big sort of rallying war speech on top of a desk and sort of you know throw in the seo towel and you know who's with me and storm <laughs> no. out the building I should have done that. I should have done that, but I didn't. No, I didn't. I sent a nice little polite letter, and yeah, actually, three months notice. You has three months notice. That's the worst when you quit and you have to do three months notice. Yeah, that's extreme. That's kind of like normally sort of for CEOs and people. They they must yeah. have thought you were you were you were really good at SEO to uh, <laughs> to keep you for They're three months longer. Um, so I know when we were sort of talking before this. Um, you, you sent me an email sort of talk telling me the story about um so i asked you was there a a particular photo um that was kind of i, I guess the catalyst for you going from just taking happy snaps to taking something that actually felt a bit more sort of on the next level um and you you, you mentioned um you were on holiday Yes, that's, yeah, that's right. So I, I don't actually have the image, but it's really it is the one that really made me think, well, I just maybe I'm OK at this and it just looks so good. I was really impressed. And um, yes, yeah, so we were on Kavos in a, in, in a boys holiday in Greece, you know, total dive place. But it was my first kind of like, yes, it was my first and only one that I've really done, actually, since. So I was like 18, I think. Um, actually, we were at the airport going out there, and I was just like, I just got my friend's passport, so I just noticed his passport was out of date. So he was like, oh, darn it, let's just try it anyway. So we've handed them over, and you know, they they look at them, and they looked at them, and then she did a double check on his, and was like, no, we can't go. So me and the other friend went, flew out. He had to go to Liverpool then the next day and get it. So he came out the next day. But anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, so it carries on with me kind of photographing my friend's drunk, actually. So this was... It was a sunrise shot, so we'd been up all night, so it's like 5 a.m. or half 5 in the morning on the beach in Kavos. Just a couple of my friends with the sun rising behind them. It sounds like such a cliche, isn't it? But I just remember taking it and just, well, just being so impressed. Um, but then the camera, uh, our apartment got broken into, and the camera was stolen. And obviously it's a digital camera, and they hadn't been able to print it out by then, so... That, that image is gone, but it still has that effect on me. And that made me realize that, yeah, this is, uh, I could maybe do this. So, yeah. Gutted, gutted that uh, yeah, well, the camera got it. stolen. Um, mm, let's go to you know, Greek police and stuff. That was a bit scary, actually. But <laughs> I had, um, yeah, I was uh, had cameras stolen a couple of years ago in Spain out of our car. And it was just, uh, uh, yeah, the the last holiday before my daughter was born and stuff like that. And, like, yeah, they, they took everything. But joke's on them because I still had the lens caps in my pocket. So they've got, they've not got a lens cap for the uh, the camera. So, <laughs> yeah, who's laughing now? Um, 
<laughs> so, sort of going back to your wedding photography. So, I asked you to send over some of your favourite wedding images that you've taken, and um, yes. you've you've sent over some incredible shots, uh, which I'll put up on the video um, for anyone that's w watching the podcast. Um, is there any in particular out of those ones that kind of really? I don't know, stand out is just like, for me, I absolutely love the shot of the the bride and I'm guessing it's a bridesmaid sharing a, a serviette or um, napkin to sort of dry their eyes and it's kind of, it's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. also almost sort of fallen into the shape of a heart and, you know, <laughs> sort of, was, was that just, again, one of those amazing, just fleeting moments where you're in the right place, right time? That was, uh, that's very, thank you for your kind words about that as well. And obviously the, the handkerchief or whatever that has a, looking a bit like a heart, that was obviously just total, I didn't even notice that till like afterwards or whatnot. But yeah, that was just only a couple of years ago, uh, it was Holcomb Hall in Norfolk. And they, it was a bridesmaid, and I think who's the maid of honour, is it maid of honour? I should know that. Is it maid of honour? Head, head bridesmaid, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, but actually, they had been sharing a moment for quite a while. They'd been sitting there. They'd been so. I've got series of them like close up with a twenty-five mil. Um, them laughing a lot, you know, and and gesticulating a lot. And the moment was going on a lot. So I've got a, quite a lot close shots. And then I backed up, and but I carried on watching them because it was they were doing lots of stuff, you know. So that shot was with an eighty-five mil because I didn't want to be super close to them for that whole time. Um, yeah, so I've got like, I don't know, I've got about 30 shots from that series. Um, but that one, yeah, my favorite. I just love the way they're sharing like the handkerchief and both kind of crying. It's, um, yeah, 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 it's cool. No, beautiful, yeah. beautiful shot. Um, well, thank you. And there's definitely the out of all of the images that you sent over, the thing that kind of stands out most is again that connection with, um, human emotion that seems to be oh, sort of like in all of the images and it's interesting that kind of with the style of photography that we do we tend to gravitate towards those moments more than i guess humor or um things like that so is that something that, like you sort of find yourself sort of definitely sort of more drawn to the more emotional yeah. moments or Definitely. I'm quite a sop myself, man, you know, so like I love romantic comedies. It's not my favourite genre of, um, of, of movies or, or seasons. So, yeah, totally drawn to that at weddings. Um, and I think ever, since having kids as well, I don't know if you've noticed yourself, you get more, get more emotional about things. Really emotional, but really silly things as well, especially, especially when the kids are involved and you suddenly look at them and they're, they've aged a year and you're just like... <laughs> But, yeah, um, get that. it's my um, daughter's 11th birthday today, actually. I can't believe I've got an 11-year-old, which is ridiculous. But yeah, definitely moments of um, emotion. That's a big, big deal. And yeah, seeking those out, being naturally drawn to them and wanting to show them, you know, on the site. I mean, that's a big deal. If you want to be attracting the couples who who find it really important to have that kind of stuff captured rather than them it being all about them looking great, you know, then put up these kind of documentary images, put up these emotional images and, and then yeah. you, you kind of get the clients that are really attracted to that. Conversely, if you just put in shots of just couples up all the time, then, you know, it's just like everybody else. And you just, I think you'll naturally attract people who are just more about them, see the wedding day about them. I'm not saying what is right or wrong, but you know, it depends what you want to shoot, I think so. Mm. 
And have you found sort of over the over the years you start to get a, a sixth sense for these moments? You start to sort of read people and scenes and kind of anticipate this, you know, something's going to happen. I think you do, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, as you say, it comes from shooting more, but also it comes at it from shooting close. So, you know, I'm a big advocate of that, shooting close. A lot, 80% of what I take is generally on the 25 mil. It used to be uh, like 24 mil on the cannons. And when you're physically close and around people, you know, as you know, you do just anticipate moments a lot, lot more. You feel it. It's like a kind of sixth sense, I guess. And it's just so much harder to do when you're like at the edge of the edge of a room with a seventy to two hundred or whatnot. You don't get that feeling, I think, of what's going to happen. So yeah, shooting close, so so important for that. Being able to anticipate moments more. Mm. And that was the thing from your workshop, sort of when you said that you shoot because ninety percent of um, documentary photographers that I talk to shoot with the thirty-five eighty-five sort of classic mm. combo and then at your workshop you sort of mentioned you shoot with 2585 mm. do you find obviously stylistically um and emotionally the 25 just kind of forces you to get involved and get closer to get the shots or do you find that it's kind of now it's just become just p part of your style well, I think both. I think right in both. I think it does definitely force you to get closer. You have to get closer. Um, but it's also kind of, in a way, for me, it was kind of what I started with. So I started on the crop cameras, like um, a 7D, Canon 7D. And I had like a 17 to 55. And that 17 was of the equivalent of about 24, 25 or whatnot. So I was, when I was wide out um, with that lens, I was having to be super, super close. Um, so I, that is what I kind of started with, you know, so then I tried a 35 mil once, you know, I wanted to try, see what it was like. And for me, I felt just a bit too far away. I know that sounds a bit silly, but it's because I've been so used to 25 mil. The good thing about 25 mil is that when you look through the viewfinder, I don't use a viewfinder now. I use 100% of the screen, actually. I don't use a viewfinder. But when I used to use a viewfinder, you would actually appear to be further away than you actually were you know so you could actually be super close to people but looking through it you'd appear to be further away which was handy when because a lot of people are a bit scared about getting close to people so that was um quite good but yeah now i just use 25 mil i use the screen i can reach over i don't have to be like breathing on people to be super close so i can <laughs> hold in the camera away you know it's good they don't have to smell me so much now so that all helps so. and it's interesting when i started doing photography with the documentary approach I was always super conscious about kind of uh, being subtle with you know taking images so that people didn't know I was there and being unobtrusive um, but I always found that I kind of I was always shooting from the outside I was always on the edge of the wedding and then the more that I actually sort of got involved the better the images I got but also the more people ignore, ignored me more you know, it's like yeah, the waiting okay. staff. They're they're right in amongst, like working around people, but the guests just tend to ignore them because they know that they're there doing a job. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, when when you get involved and stuff like that, actually, people just are more relaxed to you rather than the person that's kind of hiding in the bushes and you know trying to get all these shots and stuff. So um, yeah, it's, I've 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 not quite made uh, th thirty five still my kind of comfort zone. Um, 
but uh, I, I get know, that I though, and especially if you started with that as well. I get that. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know a lot of photographers are kind of are going to like twenty eight now, which is kind of oh, like right, okay. a little bit Between. wider. Um, but yeah, twenty four, twenty five is uh, yeah, that's that's brave. So I guess during <laughs> speeches and stuff, you're you're right up at the the top table, sort of squatting, yeah, literally. And, yeah, squatting. Yeah, burning thigh muscles. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, so a lot for a lot of the speeches, I'm literally crouching right at the top table. Yeah, so not there the whole time. You know, I move around a lot because I want to get lots of different kind of composition and stuff. But yeah, for a lot of it, right there, right there. And you know, I tell my clients beforehand they're on the Skype to one up. That is how I'm going to work. That I shoot really close. But I say that you don't even notice I'm there. I've got silent shutters. You don't hear the cameras. I'm I'm never in your face like this. I I crouch a lot, so I'm not in people's eye lines and. Yeah, and I think you're right. Yeah, you're more conspicuous if you're on the edge of a scene with a long lens. I think as soon as you're just close and around people, you're just treated where you're just ignored, basically, and that's what you want. Yeah. Mm. So, going back to the weddings, uh, what what would you say is probably your your most embarrassing moment working a wedding? <laughs> This is a good question. Uh, what is my most embarrassing mo- uh, moment? I've had, oh, I did one church wedding and I was right at the front like we like to be to, um, you know, get the couple's faces and stuff. And I started having a proper coughing fit. You just, just <laughs> awful. You know, those ones you just can't stop yourself. And you're try- you, you feel it coming on and you're trying to kind of swallow, but it kind of makes it worse. And and it was, you know, it was in the ceremony, so it was, it was awful. And someone from like the choir came and brought me a glass of water oh, oh, while wow. it was going on. So that, yeah, that was embarrassing. I had another one just during the reception, like the cocktail hour, where I just walked over this kind of like stone thing, and it just fell and split into like three pieces. It's like a stone monument thing. I don't know, but. And the guests around just looked at me, and it proper. They didn't help me or anything. I was, they, it was that was really embarrassing. But um, yeah, I think those are my two most embarrassing ones. What about you? Have you ever seen any? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did one just before Christmas where during the speeches switched cameras, and I've got like the, you know, the shoulder system, so that I've got the two cameras swinging down. And um, as I dropped one camera to get the other camera, that camera swung round and knocked over a champagne glass onto a, a cobbled floor, which like right in the middle of the best man's speech when it was dead silent. And I just had to do the kind of like, oh, who who did that? God. <laughs> did you? Yeah, and just carried on. Um, that yeah, funny. I, I, I think it's kind of um, it's it's funny how often. As much as, as, as professional as photographers we like to think we are, I think it's really quite common and quite down to earth the fact that we do make mistakes at weddings and we do yeah. embarrassing things and we forget to do something. And, you know, I don't know about you, like quite often I'll come away from a wedding and I'll just be like, I've just, that's, that's the worst wedding I've ever, like from, from what I've done photography wise, it's mm. like, I've got nothing. Um, mm. and then when you get home, you're like, actually, I'm all right. I'm all right. There's a, there's a few good yeah. shots. Um, oh, I feel like that every time. Do you, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you still sort of, do you still get nervous before a wedding? Do you come away? Do you, you know, do you get anxious? Do you sort of, mm-hmm. 
sort of yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah totally I'm just yeah. yeah totally I mean, even like kind of especially when I've not shot in a while you know so it's been a couple of months since my last wedding once you're when I'm being out of the groove um and I know when it's coming up I'll be anxious a few days beforehand like this one on Saturday you know I haven't shot in a couple of months so I'm I'm more nervous when it comes to the wedding season I'm shooting you know each weekend or every other weekend I'm a bit less nervous then you know when you're kind of in the groove always yeah. nervous i've said it on the podcast before you know I, I always have to stop and have a nervous wee on the drive to like bridal prep and whatnot <laughs> always doing that but the nerves do go after the first you know six hours or something. no after the first like five minutes and then they, they go and it's um yeah it's okay but i honestly think i think that's just something you either you either have or you don't i just you know i've done like 350 weddings and it's never it's not abated for me the anxiety you know it's just always there Mm. and talking about, about mistakes thing, oh i just wanted to say you? yeah with, with yeah with the mistakes you know so I've, I've, i think i've mentioned before on the podcast but i i missed the first kiss once because i do blame the camera for this is that i was back in the days of the 7200 and i was really ready for it and it was one of those i had to be towards the back of the church for it I was ready for it and it just just it just hunted for focus you know for whatever reason and it was just a quick first kiss it hunted and it missed and so i didn't get it and i, I know i didn't i knew i didn't get it right at the moment so it, it kind of shook me then for a lot of the rest of the day you know because you know it's the first yeah. kiss was a very important thing but um i just wanted to mention it because this was years ago the couple never mentioned it i got great feedback you know all good but then and also a couple of weeks ago though someone's booked me off the back of that wedding um it's in france this year which is nice as well and they they've been following my work back since then it was like 2015 or whatnot and you know I, it was from a wedding i missed the first kiss in it it doesn't matter at the end of the day i think um you know we i i, I that helps me on a day as well and that i think I'm going to do my best and if I, if I miss some shots because we're not we can't get every single thing if I miss some shots it's going to be okay because I'm going to give them a lot of hopefully what is good stuff as well so it doesn't really matter if you miss that one thing um yeah so I'm going to say that yeah and I think it's it's good that we feel I guess uh, a bit anxious before a wedding and you know it, we're not we don't haven't become complacent in the work that we do every wedding is super important to us and we want to give the best and that's why we come away afterwards sort of feeling um you know the social battery's been drained we're a bit kind of like oh, i don't know if i've done very well because we we hold ourselves at such high standards which i think is mm -hmm. testament to the work that like you produce and stuff that um you're, you're always wanting to give the clients the best possible service and not be um like those i don't know if you've ever seen those those 200 pound wedding photographers that give you the sd card at the end of the wedding all right you know it's like <laughs> you know you know we we want to give the best possible service um and but yeah it, it can be tough when like I, i've spoken to some photographers who've had like panic attacks during a wedding because they just think like they've lost control of, of of the wedding or they're not getting the images that the clients want and um like I say 99 percent of the time they don't the clients don't even realize and they love the images they've got and stuff like that yeah. but yeah it, it can be tough you can have those moments where you're just like if i just sneak out the back door refund <laughs> them the money on the way home then we'll never talk <laughs> about it again yeah 
<laughs> that's true. No, that's true. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. I think part of it is that we also, well, obviously, as you say, we want to do the best job. And we're also, we're so used to kind of seeing like kind of our best images, the ones that we show on Instagram, the ones that we have on portfolio and things. So we kind of, I think when we come to shoot each wedding, we're kind of thinking maybe subconsciously that every image should be like the best ever images and things. 100%. And that the clients are just, yeah, and that the clients are just expecting every single image to be these like amazing, amazing images. But really they're not. The clients, are, they they want to have some good shots of their family and friends enjoying themselves and whatnot. They're going to love even, you know, more average shots because it's their family and friends in it. And they're not comparing every single shot that they receive to your portfolio ones as well and we just it's we need to remember that i think but i don't a lot of the time as well yeah no absolutely i think um i went on a workshop years ago with uh, fuji photographer kevin mullins and oh, yeah. cool. he sort of said like you know you will not get necessarily get a hero shot every wedding some weddings you will just get lovely images that the clients will love you won't necessarily always get an award-winning image. And mm. when you see all these amazing photographers winning all these amazing awards, they're also shooting hundreds of weddings. So it's, mm. it's, yeah. sort of, it's just balancing out sort of, yeah, like you say, the, first and foremost, we're there to capture the wedding um, how we would and deliver images that they, the, the clients are going to love. And then if we get an amazing image out of that then that's great but yeah, you, yeah. it's uh yeah don't don't stress don't stress no i know it's so easy for us to say there isn't it but we both do get stressed anyway but yeah yeah i agree yeah so if you if you weren't doing weddings if you weren't photographing weddings what do you think you you know what career path do you think you might be doing do you think you might still be doing something photography based do you do sort of non-wedding photography outside of outside of no. work yeah i don't really? i'm really awful at that you know no i don't i literally i literally don't and people might be disgusted by that but i don't <laughs> you know so that my camera i don't pick it up like out of weddings i know i really should and especially with having kids and stuff i should do a lot more of that i don't i generally take if i take photos outside of weddings it's just on my iphone you know of the kids doing stuff um so i mean i i love what i do but i don't when i get home maybe because it's associated with work you know i want to do kind of other things so um yeah if i if i wasn't a photographer if i wasn't a wedding photographer i don't know man maybe but i, I used to enjoy doing the music side of my life you know i i had mm. a busking license once when i was like 20 six or something i had a busking license in manchester i used to i only did that for like a couple of days but you know i had that that business where i was writing and recording songs to people um something creative like that you know maybe but yeah i don't know hopefully touch what i'm going to be able to carry on doing this for you know many years to come yeah absolutely so do you still play guitar now Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. So most days and the drums as well. I was playing the drums just before this. I find that's a good kind of anxiety kind of um, de-stressor oh, nice. playing the drums, actually. Yeah. Do you play? Uh, yeah. So went to music college sort of before sort of it's like a whole other life sort of before photography was sort of music and um, audio. Yeah, the and video game things. Do you play loads yeah. of things? Uh, a little bit so I, guitar was the main one um used to have like the full sort of 
long hair down to the waist, sort of really playing well. in sort of uh, metal bands and rock bands and things like that. Um, oh, cool. And uh, yeah, cool. and then we, we, not do that anymore. Did, no, I just, I, I literally, I think I just burnt out from because I did that. I worked in the video games doing audio, and then for like a, four or five years, did played bass in a wedding band, playing. Oh, weddings. really? Wow. Um, I was out oh, every yeah. weekend doing that, and that was part of the kind of seeing the photographer leave at like nine o'clock and getting <laughs> paid like ten times as much as, and like we we're going to be there till like two in the morning. I was like, this is, uh, yeah, I'm in the wrong, <laughs> in the wrong, in the wrong wedding job. Um, but yeah, I just, I just don't. Do you recognise anymore? Do you recognise now, like any photographers that when you were in the wedding band? Do you recognise now any photographers from the scene? No. Mm. No, no, I think because I was so kind of like not into the photography scene then, I didn't really yeah. pay attention, which, you know, in hindsight would have been good to kind of connect with the the photographers mm. then. But, um, yeah, it was always oh, like, you know, we'd, we'd, that yeah, I mean, it was always tough, man, because you have to get there sometimes at like nine o'clock in the morning to set up and sound check. And then you like if you were two hours away from home, it was pointless going oh, back yeah, home, so you'd be there like all day and stuff. So yeah, I was just like, yeah, this is this is the wrong, this is the wrong job. So um, yeah, and the money was split between like four or five of you, I guess. Oh yeah, kind of. It, you you wouldn't you wouldn't do it nowadays. I think I think I think wedding bands get paid a hell of a lot more now. Um, but it was fun, you know, gigging gigging with the bands was good. But yeah, it's uh, that's cool. Did you play <laughs> rock and metal at the weddings? No, no, unfortunately. It was it was all it was all the usual sort of wedding bands sort of stuff, but yeah. Um uh, okay. no, I think uh, yeah, a bit of bit of cold chamber I don't think would have gone down too well on <laughs> for the first dance. The roof, um, the roof. That was <laughs> yeah. So is you sort of is your sort of musical taste sort of um grounded in sort of heavy music or are you kind of like a, a quite eclectic? I am mega eclectic, so it's like, yeah, from Simon and Garfunkel to Slipknot, you know, so I listen to pop and then listen to, like, Architects, proper, you know, proper heavy nice, stuff. Man. I just love it all, I love it all, yeah. My, I, you know, I grew up on Nirvana and, like, Bush and stuff and, and then went heavier. Emo scene, like, Get Up Kids, Coheed and Cambria and, yeah, I love it all, man, <laughs> I love it all. What about you? What's your favourite? Have you got a favourite band? Um, not really favourite, but yeah, like it's just I like everything, but I do uh, do gravitate towards the heavier music. I've been really enjoying the latest Machine Head album that came out. Oh, that, of... that's a band I've never really got into. Actually, <gasps> the latest album's wicked. It's like I've literally not stopped listening to it for about six months. Oh, it's really? rare. But oh. like coming home from like a wedding, I'll put something like Porter's Head on or something just a bit oh, more yeah. sort of a bit calming but have, have you got a like a a pump up track that you might play sort of before a wedding to sort of uh... <laughs> no i really don't no i know some people do but no i don't do you no, no i'll just, I'll no. just put whatever i do i'm a big fan when i was gigging uh with the wedding bands coming back from a wedding at like silly o'clock in the morning i did like listening to the shipping forecast Oh, not and, uh, well, it's. It, I mean, it's on. It's literally. It's the ship. It's the weather forecast oh, for. Oh, you mean the actual? Yeah. Oh, I thought it meant. No. What? I don't know. It's a band. Cool. No, no. It's like <laughs> two o'clock in the morning after you've had all that sort of uh, sensory overload and stuff, just to put on the shipping forecast and just at two o'clock oh, in the wow. morning and 
Yeah. Gosh. Uh, that was a long time ago. Thankfully, <laughs> I'm not up at that time in the morning these days because uh, I don't think my, my no. old bones would take it. Yeah, um, do you not stay to weddings till till the very last, you know? No, uh, I'm not an Andy Gaines. Do. I don't... No, uh, no I know. Yeah, yeah no, Normal. I think... Um, and, unless, unless, unless they've specifically booked me to do Paid that, you, which yeah. I, I, they really do. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I mean, like, normally yeah. it's kind of a first dance and a bit and then they're yeah. like, that's fine. I think, I, I think I've had maybe one or two weddings when I've been there till about sort of 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, because they've wanted right. that. But, um, yeah. Same. No, same with me. Yeah. I do like to, I do, you know, I do set hours, so I do 10 hours, and normally that kind of, they schedule it so it's about an hour from the first dance to the end that within that 10 hours, so that's normal. Yeah. And normally, like, you end up just, shooting the same stuff over and over for that last sort of 30 minutes and yeah um, same two people on the dance floor yeah and that's it yeah the the hardcore dance is still going for it um but uh so on so as well as doing all this you also have your um your own podcast the 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 tir podcast for this reportage and this is reportage family where you get um uh members to come in sort of talk about their sort of photography things like that and awards they've won and stuff um and you also and i'm a big fan of this game you also play the netflix synopsis game with with them are you are you a big sort of tv program binger do you watch a lot of shows let's go um we actually because you know i we we go to bed really early me and my wife um we're often in bed about half night so we only watch like one or two things a night generally an hour an hour and a half and stuff but yes do like it i do like it a lot and i think it's with the podcast it just has just mixes the episode up a little bit you know it's a nice bit of light relief sometimes so yeah do you play along listening do you do you get a lot of them i do i do unfortunately i i think um some of them are very cryptic though and i know i know you mm. like you've not written these these are synopsis is pulled straight from netflix some of them you like you've got no chance on sort of mm. getting them i know it's so bizarre isn't it some of their synopses are just so weird so weird from the actual program and are you uh, are you uh, subscribed to multiple sort of streaming services and yeah, it's probably a waste of money, isn't it? Because as I say, we only watch like one or two things a night. So we do, we pay for Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Apple TV. And <laughs> we pay we pay like the four quid for ITV Hub so we don't have to watch the adverts during Love Island. That's all we pay for. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Love Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you watch, do you watch N- Love Island? No, no. I've, no. <laughs> I, am, I am aware of it. Out, man. <laughs> It's so good. Oh, I love it. I love reality TV in general, so I just really like it. Yeah, it's good. So you, you, Disney and did you say Apple TV as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you watch much on Apple yeah. TV? We did do in the past. Main, what was it? Ted Lasso. We watched on there. Did you watch that? Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. good. I didn't like the second season. Wasn't very good. <clears> I think. No, I think the third one's coming out soon, which should be good. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what's Little Voice on there as well? Did you see that? Yeah. That was really good about a singer-songwriter in like New York. That was good. But yeah, do you subscribe to many? Again, probably more than we should because we spend a lot of time just flicking between them trying to find something. But you're always yeah. sort of tying in because, you know, the next season will be coming up in six months. So, uh, you know. Yeah, so. that's true. Something we're watching at the moment, see if anyone's interested, there's a really good Netflix seri- series 
called Love Life. It's an anthology, so there's two seasons of it. Okay. Each season is about a different main character, and that's kind of romantic drama type thing. It's brilliant. And a series on Netflix called Love is a few years old, and that is just amazing. They've both got love in the title, but yeah, that's one of my favourite things ever. Have you ever seen no, that? No, no, I haven't. I have to, uh, oh, yeah. have to yeah, add that good. to the watch list. Um, yeah, and it's all Dawson's Creek a lot because you mentioned Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Netflix used to have all of Dawson's Creek. I don't know if they still do, but do, are you a fan? Um, again, I'm, I'm aware of uh, I'm aware of Dawson's Creek. I've You're not really. I've, 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 I think I've seen a handful of episodes over the years, and uh, um, gotta get on it. I, I I I will put it. I tell you, I'll download it and I'll watch. I'll start watching it on the flight to Doc Day. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to ask you about the pilot at Doc Day. I'm going to ask okay. you. I'm going to quiz you about the pilot. Well, I thought what would be fun just for one episode because I know it's trademarked. Um, <laughs> we are going to do. Um, we're going to play the Apple TV synopsis game. Oh no! I'm gonna be so. I've literally only watched a few programs. A few. Okay, I get my excuses in, like my guests. Yeah, so I thought okay. Netflix would be. I think you know you, you're pretty down with all the synopsis on uh, on Netflix. So let's mix it up. <laughs> let's do uh, Apple TV, and then let's see if we can get some uh, some suspense music playing in the background as well. So, okay, first one. Mark leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. They begin a journey to discover the truth about their jobs. Do you know what? I've read the synopsis, I think, on Apple TV, or I've seen... No, no idea. No, sorry. Uh, Severant. Oh, is it good? It's amazing. Cinematically, it's stunning. Really, really worth a watch. Really worth a watch. I'm gonna get none out of three. It's going so all, all, all of your all of your previous guests now are all getting their own back. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Okay, number two, the tight knit Garvey sisters have always looked out for each other. When their brother-in-law winds up dead, his life insurers launch an investigation to prove malicious intent and set their sights on the sisters, all of whom had ample reason to kill him. Sounds good. <laughs> no idea, man. No idea. No idea. Uh, it's called Bad Sisters. Bad Sisters. Again, oh, that good? really, really good. Sort of dark, mm. sort of black comedy. Okay, that sounds good as well. Okay. <laughs> Zero for two. Right, last one. Uh, meet the team behind the biggest multiplayer video game of all time. But in a workplace focused on building worlds, moulding heroes and creating legends, the most hard-fought battles don't occur in the game, they happen in the office. Do you know, cause I think I've seen a synopsis of that because it's a video game, I'm interested in games, but no, 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 zero no. ask me, what is it? What yeah, is it's it? called Mythic Quest. Oh yeah, I've definitely, I've, I've, I've like added that to a list or whatnot, but... No, man, major fail. Zero major for three. That's, uh... Oh man. Oh no, I do know how my guests feel. It's tough. It's, uh... it's tough. I think when 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 yeah, your mind goes blank. But um, yeah, I think I think that was. Is Mythic Quest good? Is that? Do you know what it, the the first first two seasons? There's three seasons. First two seasons were brilliant, and having worked in the video games industry, it is really like that. Like oh, some really? of the stuff no. that they end up doing and stuff like yeah i mean there was there was a thing in the end like a, a, an industry-wide thing um when i was there called crunch 
and it was like uh, yeah. yeah if you know an accepted thing where basically you worked way more hours than you needed to to get the job done without any extra pay mm-hmm. and yeah it's uh it, it's not a good environment for uh no i bet yeah i read still a, i read about a lot of that because i look at Eurogamer like every day yeah and i like articles about that all the time still so which kind of what, what games did you work on so the the last game i worked on was guitar hero live which was the guitar hero reboot that uh, activision tried to do which massively failed um <laughs> really good reviews but, well not because of your role no no really good role. reviews but people didn't buy it so okay. um and what what were you doing on that then? So what kind of were you actually creating songs for it, or what were you? So doing? I, I was the the mastering engineer of the audio. So basically, when you play Guitar Hero, you've got all the songs, um, mm. and when you stop playing, the guitar will drop out from the track. So in order to do that, the band send would have sent me all of the individual tracks of the song, which I then had to mix to sound like the release to then uh, okay. I could separate the guitar track from the rest of the tracks and stuff like that. So it was really cool because, like, you know, I'd get sent over, like, all sorts of, like, um, like the Who, you know, their original stems and things like that. Oh, that's really interesting. Get to solo yeah. out their kind of, um, you know, just the, just the guitar track or the drum track that was recorded in, like, the 60s and the 70s. And um, That's super cool. It was, it was. It was good. But, yeah, no, no, no one bought it, so... <laughs> made redundant so it was all good oh okay but look, look, it's, it's, look at what you're doing now man you're like you know rocking the photography world so it's everything happens for a reason absolutely and and it is um yeah enjoying this way more than than the, the games industry it was it, it's a tough industry man it really is really yeah um but no i think it, with your sort of um, love of video games as well. If you've got Apple TV, check out Mythic Quest because I think you'd, you'd really, really enjoy it, man. It's really good. Okay, that's cool. I will do. I'll watch that. Cool. But yeah, so yeah, Sorry, well done. A failure. No. <laughs> Z- well zero done. out of three. <laughs> that's good. So, um, Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, so speaking of video games, I mean, you, we we were chatting before we started recording about sort of. Um, the Steam Deck portable game thing, and do you, do you play a lot? Do you take it to weddings with you? <laughs> that would be fine, wouldn't it? If I just have it in my camera bag and just like just like go to the toilets and like play it. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I love the Steam Deck. So so if anyone's not heard of it before, it's it's kind of like a Switch but for PC games. It's a mini PC really, a portable PC, and it can it, it plays virtually all your whole Steam library. So I got that about six months ago. And just love it. You know, you can just pick up, you can resume games like the Switch. So that's a great feature. You know, you can just sleep it so you don't have to load up your PC or your laptop each time. Um, oh, I just love it, man. So, yeah, playing bed or in between cooking, you know, and stuff. Um, playing Elden Ring at the moment is just amazing. I've put about 120 hours in, I think. I've only had it a few weeks. So, so good. Wow. Yeah. That's, so, that's dedication. Yeah. I know. It is dedication. Yeah. But I grew up on. Um, like old point and click adventure games or even typing what adventure games like King's Quest and Monkey and Island. LucasArts. Yeah, Monkey Island, yeah, exactly. Day of the Tentacles, Simon Max, it's a road. But Gabriel Knight, have you ever played Gabriel Knight? No, man. Oh, that's the best point and click adventure game by Sierra. Like a real grown up adult one that was. But yeah, yeah, I, I do like my gaming. I do like my game. And my wife hates it, so she never does it at all. Um, but yeah. 
I did try and watch, she tried to watch a bit of Silent Hill 2 once years ago. I think when we were just going out, she was trying to kind of humour me a bit, but that was it. Yeah, do you remember that? Oh, Silent Hill series is probably my all-time favourite game franchise. There's been a few duff ones, but like the first three were amazing. Have you seen they've announced the um, remaster of Silent Hill 2? Yes, yeah, that looks that, wicked. Yeah. I'm all over that when that when that comes yeah, out. Good, um, the mm. films always were a bit rubbish. Um, I've not seen any. I, I, I just bet. it's very rare that they do a good video game to film transition. I mean, look at Street Fighter with Kind of Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. was terrible. That was really bad, mm. man. Um, yeah, what else? Nothing's been good, but apparently. At the moment, they've just released the Last of Us TV series, haven't they? Um, in That's America. had some really good reviews. Yeah, so I'm I forward to watching that because that that was a brilliant game as well. I definitely think yeah, I've I'd... never finished it. You know, I played it twice. I've never finished it. It's going to come really? out on the PC in March, so I'm going to get it. I'm going to buy it for the third time and play it on the Steam Deck, and I'll finish it there. I think but... definitely love story-driven video games like that and Silent Hill and stuff. They're, they're definitely up there. Um, yeah. Cool, man. So, obviously, you've been um, working the industry now for for a few years. What? How? How have you seen it sort of change over that sort of time, and sort of the role of the photographer and the work that you have to do outside of just doing the photos? Have you sort of noticed a shift that you've, you're sp- having to put a lot more time into the business and the marketing and the social media than you did when you started out? I don't know. You know, I know that's a, that's a really it's a good point. And I think it's always been important to work so much on it. You know, the business side is, is just or if not more important than the photography side in a way, you know, because you can be the world's best photographer, but if no one's finding you, then it's it's just pointless. So I kind of always know, and it's always been, I've had to put a lot of work on it and work into it. I think it's harder these days because I think, when I began back in 2012, there was obviously still a lot of good creative documentary out there, but there was less, there was less to say like 10 years ago. There was more of a traditional scene and I think that has shifted a lot in the 10 years since I began. There's, you know, these days, I think it's harder to be different, to stand out from the crowd. I do. I think it was easier for me back in 2012, 2013 to, to stand out in some way. Um, and I do think it's harder now. The overall level is a lot higher than 10 years ago. The creativity, the... Um, I, I don't know. The, the, there's more people physically getting into the industry as well. It's such a low barrier to entry. You know, everyone. You just need a camera, really, and they're they're cheaper and more accessible than they were ten years ago. Um, so it's tougher. It is tougher, and but it's still. I've still got the same passion for it that I did like ten years ago, um, which is really good. I wouldn't be able to do this if you didn't have a passion for it. It's so it's so important, isn't it? It's so mm-hmm. important. Absolutely. So what sort of sage advice would you give someone who was thinking of venturing into sort of the world of wedding photography and sort of starting out? Yeah, it's a good question. Don't do it. Leave the leave the weddings for us that we're (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I honestly I think um I think it's so vital to be 
unique and just to be I know it sounds pat really in a way but it is just so vital you have to be different and, and you do that just by being being you and just focusing on what particular what you love what drives you what aspects of weddings that you love you know take those images show those images ignore totally what everybody else is doing you know who cares which images get the most likes on instagram because they're, they're always the portraits there's there's no point just going out and replicating the same old portraits that everyone else does um if unless that's what draws you to their industry you know if you want to if you it's if you're all about the portraits and there's nothing wrong in that at all then do that but don't do it because you think that's what the wedding photography scene is that's what gets the most likes don't do that you know Otherwise, you'll end up, even if you, you know, get gigs, you'll be just doing something that you don't actually really enjoy. Um, and you'll be creating stuff that everyone else is doing, and then it's just a race on price then. If your work is just like everybody else's, then really you only differentiate yourself by kind of price or by what kind of physical products you offer or what packages. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be the case, you know. I want to be chosen because people particularly love my imagery you know I, I do you know I, and and that's a win-win then because they've they're attracted to the same kind of thing that I want to shoot um so yeah sorry I talk a lot then quickly but, no, no no absolutely but, I think yeah that's a great point yeah, basically I just think yeah. it's so important to be to be yourself and be different it's um it's got harder as well it's got a harder scene there's lots more photographers um so it's just vital to be different and I think yeah it's super important that you're showing in your portfolio the images you want to photograph rather than the images you think people will want of their wedding day because ultimately if you end up if you want to be a documentary wedding like you say a wedding documentary wedding photographer and you've got loads of groups and cripples photos and stuff like that and that's kind of the least you know important thing that you want to be doing um you know but you're getting booked for them it's you you're just going to end up with the wrong clients and you'll be getting pinterest boards the night before the wedding sort of saying can you get you know these staged photos and then you'll get a wave of panic and stuff mm. so yeah definitely be 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 true to you and um yeah photo and like you say if if you're photographing what you love you're going to be passionate at every wedding about getting those sorts of images yeah totally i totally 100 percent agree and people i know it just sound like i think because that bit of advice just be yourself is something that we say throughout all kind of life advice isn't it so maybe some people think that's a bit you know not maybe good enough but i honestly think it's the most most important thing i really really do yeah so i as you say i don't show loads of details on my site you know how many blog posts open with like 10 photos of like the rings or the flowers or something and again if you enjoy doing that that is totally cool but I don't enjoy that and I think showing loads of details you're going to get couples that are more into the kind of the materialistic side of weddings you know which is fine again if you want that but I don't want those kind of couples I so I show those emotions and interactions and people and then I think I get clients who are into people and emotions you know so it's a win-win have you ever sort of respectfully turned down a, a wedding inquiry because from sort of the initial inquiry or, or the sort of the, the chat with them, you've kind of realized that they will probably want a, a more traditional sort of photographer. That's a good question as well. I've only done that once in, in my career. So I actually booked the wedding with them. Um, we didn't have a Skype print. They booked 
And then like a few weeks later, about one o'clock in the morning, the bride emailed me um, a second by second breakdown of the processional, like like at each second, like when bridesmaid one was gonna walk down and, and like six seconds later or whatnot. And I was like, I, you know, I, I just politely got back to them and said, look, I just don't think I'm the photographer for you because I'm more about just capturing things, you know, as it happens, seat of the pants, you know, and this was nice, but I think it's more important that they would get someone that they would be a better fit for them. And also it's obviously a red flag for me. I just didn't think they would be happy with my kind of approach then because I can't have like a second by second breakdown of stuff. And it was slightly awkward because it was a daughter of someone who had been on one of my workshops. Um, so obviously he'd recommended me. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and I had to cancel it. And he got back to me though and say he totally understood. And uh, yeah, so that's the only time. What about you? Have you ever turned, turned away? Again, there's been maybe one or two times where there's been the inquiry and then we've had like the you know the the zoom chat or the skype chat and they're sort of going on about you know pulling up images of like these incredible like you're saying you know i think some the photographers that can do these stunning romantic couples shots with like you know thing you know it's amazing but it's it it does nothing for me as a photographer i can appreciate it but mm. um so when they start sort of pulling up things like this and then they're going, you know, and we've, we've, we've got a list of about 30 different group shots and there's, you kind of like, you sort of, you, I, you know, like you say, just sort of when actually, you know, I don't think I'm the right photographer for your wedding. I think you'd be better off. And it's hard to do because you're turning down money, but ultimately yeah. you don't want to be there on the day doing that and then not delivering what they're expecting at the end of it and so yeah it's hard to do but it's definitely worth doing and again this is why it's super like you're saying it's super important to have the kind of work on your website that you want to do not what you think will land you a wedding totally that is so important isn't it it's so important yeah cool man well i think we're uh we're just about at the end of the chat um it's been so good sort of catching up with you and uh having really a, a chat it. about stuff and learning more about your sort of journey and stuff but i've got one more question before we sign off okay, okay. do you think joey should have ended up with dawson and not pacey 100 percent. big time i was so disappointed by the end of dawson's creek yeah big joey dawson fan so that is gutting. If, 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 if probably a massive spoiler, if anyone's not watched it or, but well, um, I mean, yeah. what was it? I think it finished ten years ago. So if 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 that's a spoiler for you for a ten-year-old program, <laughs> it's like well, sorry. About but yeah, that. it's so true. It's so true. I've even years ago, I think I tried to find you know because sometimes people do mixes on YouTube. I tried to find a better ending episode where they'd they'd somehow mix oh, like, like a family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's so sad, but oh, it's so gutted after all that because it's like six seasons, and then yeah. But maybe if I rewatched it, maybe I'd be more of a Pacey fan. I don't know. Maybe I should rewatch it recently. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I'll watch it for the first time, and then I'll. Uh, yes. I'll, I'll see. I'm going to quiz you, you know about it in Dublin. Yeah. I'm going to quiz you. Cool. Well, thanks so much, dude. Um, uh, looking forward to seeing you in. It's just a yeah. It's just just less than a month now till uh, till yes. Doc Day. Um, yes, we have some. I was going to say we have some Guinness, but we won't because I hate Guinness. So um, okay. I'll have a cider. Okay. We have a Guinness. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll have a Guinness in Dublin. Okay, uh, cool. You've got, you've got to, haven't thank you? Yeah, I guess, but I hate that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing. And thank you so much for this. It's been really fun talking to you. Really. Hey man, it. no, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on to the first episode. Um, and I think, yeah, what what you do with TIR and TIRF is brilliant, and the community you've created, and Thanks. just generally sort of you know what you give back to the industry and the community and not to sort of go all crazy fanboy but you know genuinely i know a lot of people agree that you know what you're doing is amazing um and really appreciate you giving up your time to come and chat um and yeah i'll i will see you in dublin next month and don't forget if anybody wants to book on have you got any spaces left for your london workshop no, London one sold out. Yeah, okay, which is, yeah, but you've yeah, still got some cool. spaces for for next month in Dublin. Yeah, day before. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. If you're thinking about doing any sort of workshops this year, definitely check out Alan's. Um, if you're free next month and fancy coming over to Dublin, come and check out Doc Day because that's going to be amazing. Some amazing speakers. The lineup this year is amazing. Um, yes. And it's good. and it's not just the one day. There's some stuff happening on the Monday. There's I think. Are you getting there on the Sunday? I will be getting there on the Sunday. Yes. So yeah. there'll be a bit. Of, I think there'll be some social stuff happening on the Sunday. I think my flight's going to get me in about seven o'clock Sunday morning. So are you? Um, wow, that's an early one. Yeah, there's going to be some time to kill. Um, but yeah, def- definitely check that out. And um, yeah, that's awesome. So thanks very much, dude. Um, Thank I'll, you I'll, so much, man. Super I'll kind. It's it. so and lovely talking to you. Looking forward to catching up in Dublin. Awesome. No, I do. Look after yourself. Take care. And you. Bye, bye, man. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of To Have and Download. A really big thank you again to Alan for taking the time to chat with me today and to share his work. And don't forget, if you're interested, you can watch the video version of this episode on your computer, smart device and phone over on Spotify and YouTube. My name's Alex. Thanks for listening.